Hello and welcome to Spectacular Slovakia, the podcast in which we explore everything related to Slovakia, from culture to travel tips. I'm Anna Faye, and this week I'm joined once again by my colleague Peter, and we will share some fun facts you may not know about Bratislava. For example, did you know Bratislava was actually the second place in the world to produce champagne? Cool, huh? But before we delve into the quirky history of Bratislava, let me tell you a little bit more about our spectacular Slovakia travel guides, which are the perfect travel companions for your trips around Slovakia. Go to shop.spectator.sk to choose from our selection of six tourist guides in English, focusing on Slovakia as a whole, as well as several Slovak regions in detail. And now, here's the show. Hello, Peter. Hi, Anna. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. I'm just really happy to see you. <laughs> Uh, okay, so today we're going to share some fun facts that yeah. people may not know about Bratislava mm-hmm. that you recently came across uh, in a book or... Yeah, yeah, that was a book. Okay, you weren't just born knowing all this stuff. <laughs> not <laughs> okay. at all, no. Okay, cool. So I mentioned this in the intro because I find it so interesting. Bratislava was the second place in the world to produce champagne, which everybody loves we're gonna get drunk immediately. Yeah, pop the <laughs> <But> champagne. <laughs> so, can you explain why? <laughs> Obviously, you know, French monk Dom Perignon, he is known for production of champagne wine. And, you know, there's this, there is this legend, I think it was the 19th century. So, you know, there was this French soldier coming from Russia back to France, and his name was Johann Evangelista Hubert. He got harmed, and he was then, uh, you know, there was this nurse called Paulina. As it, you know, happens, they just fell in love. So he stayed in Bratislava, and he founded the firm, and, you know, he knew all these uh, recipes related to production of champagne. That's the legend. The reality is that, like, in 1825, there were two Bratislavans, a trader, Johann Fischer, and surgeon um, Michael Schoenbauer and they founded a firm for production of uh, champagne wine and they used uh, the same procedures for for the wine production as in France and uh, they really became popular um, so they produced brands such as Gentry Club Extra Dry. Uh, Would you like some? Oh, do we have some here? (laughs) (laughs) And then in a gentry club triple sack, uh, city sack Hoover. Well, okay, so is champagne still popular in Bratislava nowadays? Or has Tatra tea and Um, all the really (laughs) hard liquor just sort of overshadowed it? Well, Bratislava, I don't know if it's champagne, but definitely wine. It's popular in Bratislava, but as we later learn, also beer uh, is so ah, much popular. Yes. Yeah. yes, we'll get to that yeah, in yeah, a second. Yeah. A lot of alcohol today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, and this is interesting. The street lights, when they were powered by gas, they were mm-hmm. gas lights, um, they were lit with bamboo sticks. Yeah, which is really weird because we do not have bamboos here, but... Right. <laughs> Imported. <laughs> they just import them. Yeah, so uh, the first attempt um, in Bratislava to have these gas lights, that was in 1802. And Bratislava was not really the first city within the region. I think Prague and even Vienna were ahead of Bratislava. But still, Bratislava was faster than Budapest. Woo. And so, yeah, that was the first attempt to have the gas lights ignited. And um, the first one of this kind uh, was ignited uh, on the main square. 
and there was this uh, candelabrum with six arms and lights, and there were like 15 lampers taking care of it, and they used these bamboo sticks with hooks to ignite this candelabrum. <laughs> <laughs> which is a weird name. Yeah. yeah. And in 1830s, so 1801, that was the first gaslight, but then sort of 30, 30 years later, there were like 1,572 gas lamps in Bratislava. And the last gas lamp put out, that was in uh, 1965 at Školska Ulica, Školska Street, School Street. Okay, so on to politics. Ooh. Apparently, democracy was present in Bratislava way back in the, the Middle Ages. So explain that for us. There was this king, Andrew III, and he granted privileges to Bratislava in December 1291, which was quite late compared with other Slovak towns. So speaking of Trnava, Krupina or Zvolen, these towns had been granted uh, privileges before Bratislava. And the charter uh, Bratislava received, it had 22 points, and one of them was the free election of the Bratislava mayor, uh, which is sort of an example of unusual medieval democracy. Yeah, for sure. Medieval democracy is not a term you hear often. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, but in total, so that was the, like the first charter with 22 points, but in total, Bratislava had 162 privileges. That's pretty cool, yeah. Also, apparently, the first heart transplant in Central and Eastern Europe was held on Patrizanska Street in Bratislava. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as we know, the first transplant uh, that happened in South Africa. A few months later, a similar operation uh, took place in Bratislava. You know, the surgery was done by Karol Shishka and Ladislav Kujala. And it was in 1968, and that patient lived five hours with a new heart. But it wasn't, uh, she died, you know, suffering from other illnesses. And speaking of doctors, apparently mm -hmm. in Bratislava, a king's doctor recommended something that dietologists recommend even today. So <laughs> what is that? <laughs> there was, again, King Zygmunt of Luxembourg, and um, he at some point made Bratislava center of his kingdom. And there was this doctor, Albig, uh, from Unicho. I don't know where that is exactly. Um, but yeah, so he became Zygmunt's doctor. And he used to say that, you know, the best drink, that's wine. The best food, that's meat. And the best delight, that's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. <laughs> so yeah, this is what he used to say. What's interesting is that actually Zygmunt lived longer than the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he followed Albig's advice more often than Albig himself did. That's <laughs> funny. This doctor Albig, he also, you know, said that we should eat fresh food products and we should not eat that many salty meals or smoked products. We should not eat greasy meat. Which, yeah, as you said, dietologists say we should not eat that much. Oh, so I feel like Brinzove Halushki breaks all of those rules. <laughs> <laughs> Except, no, fresh products, but besides that. Um, and yeah, Pecho, um, do you follow these uh, recommendations? I eat a lot of cheese. I used to be a vegetarian, so I did not eat you used that, to <laughs> that much smoked didn't products work. or greasy meat. <laughs> Albik, he also used to say that where there is no work and movement, there can be no real health. And that's 
that's what I follow. So I really move very often and I exercise and all that kind of stuff. That's a thing. If and that's you what run, you do as well. Yes, you run on a daily basis. You don't have to worry as much about the food. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of Dr. Albig. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this is interesting. So at one point, Bratislava was very similar to the UK um, in that cars drove on the left side of the road until 1939. So why? Uh-huh. And uh, what happened? <laughs> well, I think it was a common practice uh, back then. Most countries uh, used to drive their cars on the left side. And that was because horse riders uh, who jumped on a horse from the left side to face the enemy who were on the right side. And uh, to have their right hand free to you know, hold a sword, uh, they just jumped from the left side on the horse. And then also the nobility used to work on the left and peasants on the right, uh, which um, eventually changed after the French Revolution. You know, the countries that emerged from uh, the Austro-Hungarian Empire after 1918, they also used the left road system uh, until 1939. Czechoslovakia, the country, pledged to change the system within five years, and but it was really expensive. It took some time and eventually uh, in 1939... That was the that was the year when Czechoslovakia started to drive on on the right side. Right. So let's talk about breakfast, which we all know I love to talk about. <laughs> so back in the 15th century, children would eat bread with boiled beer for breakfast. Why did what? they Why did they have this for breakfast? What was the reasoning behind it? At that time, water in wells it was not really clean. You could get sick. So instead, you know, we we say that beer is our bread and that was really valid in the time. Instead of water, even children used to drink mulled beer and they ate bread for breakfast, which I've never tried, never say never. But yeah, as we said at the beginning, Bratislava was really popular for winemaking and wine is still part of uh, Bratislava's history, but also beer was quite a thing in the 15th century. There were like uh, 11 people who were granted a privilege to produce beer. Right, and it was mostly monks who produced the beer, right? And they still do in, in some parts. I don't know if it's still like a thing in monasteries, but... It is in Italy, actually. Yeah? Yeah, yeah they're known to make <laughs> some of the best beer, apparently. <laughs> That's cool, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, in the past, unlike wine, beer, I don't know if it's still a thing, but back then, beer was seen as a drink that was possible to be... Uh, people could drink uh, during Lent. So monks brewed beer and they, you know, sold it. and But then they were like... We're not sure if this is right. So they sent their beer to, to Rome, to the Pope, to decide if they can still, you know, produce beer and drink it during Lent. But by the time beer got to the Pope, it just spoiled and he was like, yeah, you can, you can drink during Lent this beer. But <laughs> it was not the beer they sent. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, Slovaks, just as much as beer, they love coffee. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how the first cafes came into Bratislava and how coffee culture became very prevalent in the city. So cafes, not just cafes, but also bars, these were places where, you know, intellectuals used to come. It was a place, you know, where people read newspapers, they had fun, but also cafes paradoxically were seen as a place that could really spoil the youth and young people. So in 1772, 
Maria Theresa. She just issued a decree prohibiting to play the pool on Sundays and holidays in bars and cafes before four o'clock. But um, today, I do not recall any cafe where I could really play the pool. Hmm. You know, it's interesting too. I remember reading this、um, recently. Is during the communist era, there weren't many cafes because, of course, they were like big spots for. Um, socializing with friends and where a lot of、um, intellectuals and some dissidents would meet,、mm. so they were very regulated and it wasn't really a thing. And then I think、um, after the fall of communism and the creation of the Slovak Republic, cafes came back and now they're like, everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> and they're delicious. <laughs> uh, okay, so. On the topic of food and drinks, can you explain how fast food came to Bratislava? Well, it was in 1866. There was this, you know, a war between Austria and Prussia, and the war was about German states. So Austria wanted a free federation of German states, and Prussia, they really wanted to have an influence upon the German states. So they wanted to unify them and sort of have a dominance over them.、Um, so. Prussians they sent a spy because、uh, they wanted to really take over Vienna, which was、uh, the capital of Austria, still is.、Uh, and so they planned to pass through Bratislava, the Danube River, the Little Carpathians. And so they sent the spy to check the moods in the city and prepare everything for, you know, Prussians. They had this army of sixty thousand soldiers. So the spy was sent out to prepare everything for 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 the transportation of the soldiers through the Danube River, and so he was like undercover in the Bratislava. And one day he just decided to, he came to to a place in Bratislava with a buffet on the wheels. Then people learned that he was a spy, and they shot him. So. <laughs> Ooh, bleak that, beginnings for that, for fast food in Bratislava. That's how the first fast food <laughs>、oh、came to be in Bratislava. Okay, is、so, it well now there are several McDonald's and Burger KFC, Kings, yeah, Subways. To be honest, I I I I stay away. But <laughs> <laughs> but are you are you a fast food eater? Um, sometimes I go there. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so our last fact also involves drinking. <laughs> Big surprise.、Um, <laughs> so back then in Bratislava, they would announce the end of drinking in inns. So by a certain hour, people were no longer allowed to drink,、yeah. and they would announce it by ringing a bell, and they called it like a bell of unprincipled drinkers. So yeah, or a beer bell. A beer bell. Yeah. So what is、uh. the beer bell? <laughs> That's a bell on the Franciscan church.、Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as I said, to stop people from drinking after after a certain hour, bell rang and、uh, they were supposed to stop. But there was this group uh, of uh, six hard drinkers, I would say, and they were like vineyard diggers, and they really wanted to keep on drinking. So there was this、uh, fight between、uh, the owner of a tavern and between these、um, vineyard diggers. And eventually, because they violated this sort of rule,、uh, they were sentenced to death.、Uh, but then the punishment was changed to a conditional one, so they did not die. Probably they did、uh, from hard drinking, but, <laughs> but no, it was not a death sentence. Oh, okay, well they had that at least. <laughs> Okay, well,、uh, Petro, this has been both fun and factual. <laughs> so, thank you so much. You're welcome. 
If you would like to listen to more Spectacular Slovakia episodes, go to spectator.sk or choose any of the available streaming services, including SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as Google and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. Yeah.